0: No 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 no
1: Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we, friends, get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we'll talk about Recently Watched, which we will, under no circumstances whatsoever, spoil.
2: Or remember.
0: Or remember entirely. Well,
1: yeah, if you didn't write it down, I don't know about you guys, but...
0: It's gone. Yeah. It's lost to the ages. Mm-hmm. I might as well have not watched it at all.
1: And we thank the Moon Rays for giving us that song. Intro Creature Features at the top of the show. You can find the music on Apple Music or Amazon where you can buy it digitally or say hello to them on Facebook where they are the Moon Rays. And we're not professional critics, we're just your hosts. I'm Richard, I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Welcome. So, um, since we did this last, you watched some stuff, Will. Yes. A bunch of stuff.
0: Yes, and as soon as you do the intro... <laughs> i will get to it
1: cool all right so the intro is over go ahead tell us what you watched since last time
0: okay as soon as you do the intro go for it
1: yeah i'll cut it in don't worry
0: (laughs) good finally you've you've just recorded the perfect one and you just splice it in at the beginning of every episode that's great yeah so hello Uh, hi hi uh i watched quite a few movies this couple weeks uh, what
1: happened? What inspired this?
0: I don't know, other than house-sitting and having access to Disney+. Plus, <laughs>
1: So, you watched a bunch of Mandalorians? Mm.
0: <laughs> Fuck no, but I did try to watch Andor. I don't know what. Andor what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was thinking
0: the uh, same. Who I named? watched two <laughs> episodes of this. Who named it? Uh, I don't know. A machine, probably.
1: <laughs>
2: right. From, from the makers of Slashback.
0: Yes, from the makers of Slashback. And the Mandalorian, which is a car. I think he's like a Transformer. He's a DeLorean, right? He's mm-hmm. a Mandalorian. He, he smuggles cocaine in his TIE fighter wings. Yeah. He does cocaine to turn into a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he turns into John DeLorean. Yeah. And goes to prison. Anyway, as soon as you do the intro... We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> I watched and or. I'm not going to do the same joke twice. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I watched two episodes of this. Boring is all get out. <laughs> People you don't know doing things you're not really clear about. Um, hmm. Yeah. The two episodes were just like, maybe it builds, but I didn't find that it had enough of a hook to make me watched more and and find out who these people are they may have been explained in a comic book or uh, they have
2: one of those rolling like synopses
0: yeah but it shows actually no i don't know if they had that at all i think it i don't think the tv shows always do that okay uh no rolling text that i remember um i think all it said was uh it was five years before star wars um And or whether or not it's good, it's not. um, (laughs) uh, It was just, yeah, just very boring, uh, very drab looking. Um, I got the feeling that they wanted some politics in there, but what are the politics of Star Wars? You have a good side and a bad side that, I mean, it's not like the Empire has anything going for it that you want, (laughs) you know, Do you want to be ruled by a prune-faced old man and his psychopath in bondage gear?
1: Uh, Uh, That sounds about right.
0: Actually, maybe now thinking about it, I do, but (laughs) (laughs) not as an empire. Um, Yeah, so where's this, you know, oh, they have this fight or, you know, this conflict. Do we fight the empire or do we not? Just obviously fight the empire. They do
2: make the Banthas run on
0: time. They do, they do, they do that. Um, You know, if you're in the in group, you can get an X-wing real quick. Mm -hmm. If you're out, you probably get shot. Um, Moving on, I finally watched Yule Log, well Mm. past the season.
1: And Uh, what did you think? Uh, It
0: was it was certainly different. (laughs) I found that it was. A little too long. I did not expect a full movie yes. of 90 minutes or so.
1: It could have been a short, huh?
0: It could have been an hour, and it would have been too long. Um, yeah, probably 40 minutes or so. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I like the little things like everybody seemed to have some sort of sinister backstory that you you never re- they never revealed all mm. the details. Um, Or what they did reveal seemed to be maybe not the whole story. Um,
1: Do you feel like you have a a bit of a sinister backstory?
0: No, (laughs) not really.
1: Yeah, I feel like my backstory is, I don't know, sinister adjacent maybe. But Sinister adjacent,
0: yeah. No, not even that, I don't think. It's been pretty dull.
1: Yeah, I don't have the time you know, or energy for true sinister behavior.
0: No, yeah, that's the thing. It seems like it'd take more work than it's worth. Yeah. You know, maybe if it's, I don't know, your only choice, or it's going to make you fabulously wealthy <laughs> and or low maybe, chance of being caught. Or maybe, maybe. it's your
1: nature. Maybe you are just born sinister. Probably. Yeah, it's possible. Like
0: Tom Cruise yeah (laughs) was he born sinister did they make him sinister that Mm -hmm. is the question
1: yeah it's the age-old question of nature versus nurture isn't it yeah so
0: what else uh then i let um so you watched all
1: the sinister movies
0: yes both of them uh i watched something called house of darkness this came out last year um almost all these movies came out last year um it looks good, and it kind of starts off interesting. It's got Justin Long in it. So he was in Barbarian, and mm. played the the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of the same character in this, but he's not... I mean, he's scummy, but he's not out-and-out out, uh, a villain. He's certainly not a rapist that you get, or at least they don't reveal that. But he... Meets some girl at the bar, and they hit it off right away, and she invites him home. And you're about five minutes into it, and you're going, she's a vampire. Stupid. Why'd you get in the car? Obviously, she's a vampire. She's driven you out to the woods, and she has a giant house. Mm-hmm. Don't go in. But he goes in, and then they just drag it out for about 90 minutes of, yes, they're vampires. And then they finally reveal it, and you're like, hmm. Yeah, okay. And then they kill him.
3: <laughs> and you're
0: like, there's not really much there. The most interesting part is he dozes off at some point because he's so drunk. And he has this weird dream that he wakes up in this like cavern with the, all these rocks. It looks like... Uh, I don't know a tomb Dracula would have his coffin in, and he's wandering around. I was like, "Ooh, maybe this will be interesting," but then he he falls and breaks his ankle in a really unrealistic looking way, and he, and he starts screaming, and then he wakes up and he's like, "Oh, all dream." Justin Long plays pretty good drunk, and he plays pretty good as getting drunker and drunker through the movie. Um, and at the end, they're eventually like, "Yeah, we're we're vampires and we're fucking with you. and Now we're gonna kill you." And he's like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> I mean, my behavior wasn't that bad, so I said I might take some pictures of you. Oh, you know, <laughs> I bragged about how hot, you know, your sister was to my friend on the phone or something, you know. And also that the girl's name is Mina. The
2: oh, the one okay. he goes home with. Not two on the night. And the
0: next one is Lucy, right? hmm And then the third one was something that didn't. Nora carol Mm-mm. carol lombard
2: carol borland
1: <laughs> or borland yeah
2: <laughs> so does it look good it looks good it's very atmospheric um because I, I can take a, a nothing plot like that if it looks good
0: yeah that's what kept me with it if i was just like i mean the house they're in is definitely eerie mm. and yeah there's enough i think to look at that you can cruise through the 90 minutes even though the plot is
2: the right. thinnest because it's like every early issue of creepy or the stories were: <gasps> it's a vampire <gasps> exactly. it's a werewolf <gasps> it's a vampire and a werewolf
0: <laughs> the top half's fair werewolf and the bottom half's vampire <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on so then I let uh, uh, I think I let uh, be YouTube, Hulu who knows Pick the next movie. Ooh, that's always uh, a great choice. <laughs> and it was... Uh, actually, it was one I wanted to watch. Um, oh. I may have done these backwards, but we're going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> Gone in the Night, uh, 2022. This has Winona Ryder in it. It's kind of an interesting movie. It's a little weird. Um, she's 50, she's playing herself, kind of, or her age, mm-hmm. basically. And she's dating a guy who you guess is in his mid-30s, mid to late 30s. He's very immature, though. Oh. And he's kind of a dude bro. Okay. You know. And he was in a class with her. She was a teacher. uh, Well, not like a college professor. Teaching like a, I think, a a horticulture class at the, you know, adult learning center or something. Okay. Um, maybe it's community college. I don't know. Anyway, he uh he has set up a uh a kind of spontaneous weekend of going to a cabin and uh spending the weekend there. It's a couple and uh uh they get there and a trope and new trope happens. <laughs> uh there's a couple already at the Airbnb.
2: Oh, no, uh, which that's... also
0: happens in Yule Log and something else. I watched well, Barbarian. Barbarian. Barbarian, and I believe something else. Even it came up, it was like really okay. Yeah,
2: Airbnb horror. Yeah, it's, Scare B and B.
0: Oh,
1: oh man, that's
0: that's. The I'm movie. sure it's out there. Yeah, it's coming. If it's not, mm-hmm. someone's working on it. It'll be just after, it. after it's it's popular and it's fallen off, and nobody yes. wants to see that anymore. Here comes yeah,
2: Scare B and B. That's what two B's for.
3: Uh
0: huh. Um. So they go they they decide the, the same thing. Oh, it's too far to drive back. All the hotels are closed. We yes. have a flat tire. Mm-hmm. I'm sick. It's uh, raining. It's raining. The werewolves are closing in, whatever. Then got to get in the house mm-hmm. together and uh they play games and they kind of hit it off and uh she goes to bed. They start playing some uh board game that's like naughty couples or something where you roll the dice and it's like kiss the person opposite of you or mm-hmm. whatever or tell the dirtiest story that you two have or whatever and she gets some or I guess the uh, the other couple is a, a young guy and a young woman and they're in their 20s and the young woman seems kind of bitchy and she's definitely bitchy too. Uh, Winona Ryder kind of off the bat but she also invites him in and it's like yeah you'll probably be okay um but anyway Winona Ryder's had enough of the game she gets up and goes to bed she wakes up the next morning and her boyfriend has run off with the young woman
2: mm-hmm. from the night
0: before and she doesn't hear anything from him so she becomes kind of obsessed with the uh with the idea of 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 at least getting some closure like he didn't say anything he didn't call her he didn't come get his stuff
1: just straight up
0: vanished vanished and she happens to hook up with the uh the guy who runs the airbnb because he she knows the woman's first name doesn't know her last name Hmm. and he's like i can't give you that information blah 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 anyway he's he's an older guy everybody it's it's Kind of interesting. Everybody is about ten years apart from one another, and it kind of it becomes about aging and trying to recapture your youth and making mistakes in the past. You know, it, it's it's not a deep theme, but it's a theme that's there.
1: So it's not a generation gap thing so much as it is. No, not really. It's more like,
0: oh, I regret that I well, I'm not still twenty, <laughs> or I regret you know getting old and getting set in my ways. Like I said, it's not a deep theme. It's It's been done before, but it's enough in this, you know, B-movie to keep you going. And then it becomes this weird thing where the... I'm not going to give it away.
2: Well, oh, okay. okay. I'll just, He likes it. Yeah.
0: I'll just watch the I thing. liked it enough. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's watchable. It's got some weird little moments that you're like, what? What is that? And, uh... Uh, the survivor in all this uh, ends up with a prize.
1: So, oh, okay. Yeah. There can be only one.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then I I let it pick again because that was uh, that was right. a good choice. Okay. Uh, and uh, you it, watched it Highlander. <laughs> it picked something called Collide twenty twenty two, and it was uh, the story synopsis is like three groups of of uh, people. Lives and one night all intersect in a restaurant, this fancy upscale LA restaurant. I was like, hmm. "Okay," and it had uh oh, what's that comedian's name? Um, Big, kind of fat, balding white guy.
1: Oh, you gotta, you gotta be more specific. Jim Gaffigan. again. Okay, it had Jim Gaffigan
0: again, <laughs> and uh, somebody from The Vampire Diaries.
3: Mm, uh, I don't know them. Uh-uh.
0: Cat something I don't know her name. She played Bonnie on the show. Oh, okay. And I thought, sure, why not? It's it's like after midnight. I can't be bothered to pick something. Ooh, this was a stinker. This is this was not good. Um, right off the bat, uh, Bonnie, we'll call her. Is a, it? You think she's waiting for a blind date, maybe? But this guy shows up and they don't. N- seem to know each other personally so you are like, well maybe it's a setup or something and then she re- she breaks into this like teary story about her family and how she's attached a bomb to his chair and if he gets up it'll blow up so you have this bomb under the chair which is they want it to be like a hitchcockian mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm um, but it just it doesn't work at all, and they are so hammy and her story is so over the top. And then you cut to the there's another couple that's like a waitress, um, and and her boyfriend who's the uh busboy, and he's a former criminal, and his brother just got out of prison, and it's a bunch of hammy nonsense from a television movie. Uh And you're like, okay, great, I'm going with it. And then Jim Gaffigan's sitting outside in this car watching his wife who's on a date with their gardener and he's going to hire a killer to kill her or maybe he's going to kill himself. You don't really know. And then these three stories collide and the restaurant blows up at the end. Oh, and the and the busboy has found. He just happened to find a brick of cocaine on the beach, it washed up, and he's selling it to gangsters that night at the restaurant. Right, and you could see why I kept watching it because it was just stupid beyond belief. You're like, people really sat down and wrote this, or was this the AI?
1: You know, now that now that I heard you uh, telling the part where the stories come together. I did see the uh, trailer for this when Jim Gaffigan was on one of the late night talk shows as a guest.
0: He's basically why I watched it because I was like, "Oh well, Jim Gaffigan's in this, and it sounds not funny, so let's see what he does." Yeah, it was. Oh, it was kind of uh, written up as a you know a thriller, a you know suspense movie, not quite horror, but horror adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, terrible. Wow. Moving on. I watched the first episode of a series that came out last uh no, 2 years ago, 2021. Um uh, Kevin can fuck himself. Wow, which is on AMC and Kevin is,
1: is f- double jointed.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> at least as far as the first episode goes. It's uh it starts out and uh it looks like a sitcom from much like Reboot, the early 2000s. And Kevin is what I like to call the fat dad, who's, he's this fat slob, may or may not be a father, but uh marries a hot wife who is the voice of reason. And then he's, you know, getting into all sorts of hijinks. Uh, King of Queens, probably best example. Mm-hmm. Simpsons. Yep. Um... Yeah. A lot of things that world, according to Jim, the Flintstones, the Flintstones, the honeymooners started it. Yeah. You know? Um, so you're watching, you're like, Oh my God, what, uh, what is the catch here? What is the catch? And the wife comes in and the husband wants to do like a, a total raging party for their 10th anniversary. And there'll be beer pong and all sorts of stuff. Basically, he's planning to be wasted for three days or whatever. And and she comes out, and she's kind of the voice of reason in these shows. She picks up the laundry and goes into the kitchen, and the show changes to her point of view, and it's like a drama.
3: Hmm. And it's in this
0: house that looks like the... Uh, I don't know the house from that '70s show, or maybe Archie Bunker, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that house with—it's got the door and the stairs and the front room there, and it leads into the kitchen. It's a very sitcommy. Yeah, they go into the kitchen, and it looks like a drama shot today. And she is fucking miserable with Kevin. He is the biggest doof in the world. He thinks he's great. He thinks he's into these all these funny escapades, and she's like. She finds out that he hasn't been saving money for the last 10 years. Oh, he blew it at the track, like, right away or something and just never repaid it. And mm. she wanted to buy a house for their anniversary. She's tired of living in... Granted, they live in a nice house. I don't know why she doesn't want to live there, but I guess they're paying rent. And, uh, yeah, her life is pretty miserable. She's working at a liquor store and... Uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's pretty, uh, fairly dark for comedy.
1: This is a movie or a show? It's
0: a show. It's okay. a series. I don't know how many episodes, probably eight. Um, anybody else want to go? Cause I, I've got a hundred thousand of these. I can just read them off if one of them sounds interesting. Speak up. I watched Destination Interspace 1966.
2: Oh, yes, with the uh, under, underwater. Yes. underwater Gillman thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a
0: pretty good costume for the Gillman. Yeah. I remember um, it being very boring apart from that. Oh, fuck. It's so boring. James Hong is in it, though? Yes. Um, he's probably the best actor out of all of them. Yeah,
2: one of the best movies of the year last year.
0: Oh, yeah. Just wow. Uh, bad, 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 bad. Um, actually, it's not that bad. It's just boring. Yeah, it's not. If you can sit through it, you know, it's one of those movies where they talk a lot about what they're gonna do because <laughs> they don't really have the budget or the script to do anything. They have like this one room to stand in. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you get this view of a of like a window and uh a little porthole and, and you'll have the actor's face in it and you're like is that someone from the outside is that the fish man from the outside uh, looking in yes why is this cut in here it's it's a little strange technique that I didn't oh, quite understand I, I haven't seen it in if yeah if you ages. hadn't seen it last week no, you' probably no reason wouldn't. to say. <laughs> no it's not worth it uh, just look up the fish creature on the yeah, internet he, look, he looks good he looks good I enjoyed that uh and I watched something called the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I watched Avenue Five season two. Uh, Avenue Five is a is a satire by the people who did Vice. Okay. And um, like the Veep, that was the show Veep, not Vice President Veep with. Okay. Um, Dreyfus. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I like it. They're, they're stuck in space. They've been knocked off course. They're a big cruise ship, basically, in space. Love boat. Yeah, in space. And Hugh <laughs> Laurie plays the captain. He's not the real captain. They just hired him because he does a good American accent. He walks around and looks like <laughs> a captain. His real voice is this British accent. I don't know if it's the actual British accent, but, you know, he's very, like, timid and broken man who just hates his life, but he's an actor, so not a real ship captain that's the main important thing they're knocked off course and at first it's just eight months but then because they keep trying to get back on course they keep knocking themselves further and further off course and there's a bunch of characters on board they're all crazy as can be you know mainly because in the second season they've been out there for uh Seven months, and they're they're all excited because they only have four more weeks, but they don't know that they've been knocked off course by three years. And wow. they're running out of food. Mm-hmm. And everybody's eating eels because that's the only thing they can breed. So they have some fake British restaurant that's all eels. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's pretty good. I, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, then one night, really late, I watched a giallo really late being like I couldn't sleep. It's two in the morning. Um, this would be a good time to watch something that may <laughs> or may not make any sense. And I picked uh, the girl in room two A. it's on. Um, it looks like shutter has a lot of yellow yeah, now.
3: Giallo, yeah.
0: um, this is, I'm sure redone by uh, vinegar syndrome. I think mm, it so looked great. Yeah. Uh, it had a cult in it and, uh, you see this girl be dr- drugged out by these people and thrown in a car. You've seen their cult members. And then it just kind of goes from there. Uh, the star is this uh, young lady who's fresh out of prison for something she didn't do. Um, it gets real fuzzy, mainly because it was 2 or 3 in the morning. <laughs> I may have fallen asleep or not. I don't know what the motive was. There's a killer in a mask, though um dressed kind of like an executioner with a cape um (laughs) it seems very italian when you see it you're like this could be a comic book character a fumetti character you know like Mm. the killing or something uh and uh i won't spoil it but there's a there's a very obviously like that's when they reveal the killer it's very obvious. Like that's clearly not the person who was portraying the killer in the rest of the movie. Hmm. <laughs> but, you know, this right, person right, would have been right. a foot shorter and is you know easily sixty pounds lighter. And yeah, yeah. Damn. You're like, okay, I'll buy that. And she, he was driven mad because I don't know something psychosexual, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> if it's good, walk, it's so. worth its its time. It will be psychosexual. (laughs) Um, Then I watched a bunch of other uh, Disney Plus crap. We'll go through these quickly. I watched Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's three hours long, but it it was worth it. Namor is great, even if he has the stupidest explanation for his name in this movie. I don't know if it's comic accurate. I've not read Namor in a long time. Don't know what he's up to. Um, it looks great. Uh, there's a few scenes where it's all CGI and it looks like a video game. I mean, people say that all the time, but this really, I felt like I was watching people play a video game at one point.
2: <laughs> Namor has to eat mushrooms to keep going.
0: Yes. that, And he kept getting these coins. Yeah. Sometimes he grew bigger and got a raccoon tail. That
2: absurd accent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was offensive, borderline offensive. Yeah. Um no he is uh Aztec or Mayan? I guess he's Mayan in this. Um there's a very convoluted origin for him in this. Um He's pretty great. I wish would, the whole movie was about him. Okay. And they've they've hinted that they we won't see Namor for a while, but he's super strong in this and uh, really powerful. You have to imagine he's going to show up at some point once we've kind of forgotten about him i think he's a secret card
2: they're holding back back in the fantastic four i
0: hope so i hope he shows up in the fantastic four and actually makes off with sue Mm. um i watched dr strange 2 yes um (laughs) as you said about that script (laughs) wow Oh, for one, Wakanda Forever, it was three hours. I think if you had cut it to two, it could be a really tight movie. They throw way too many characters in. And everybody that we already knew from the last film gets a little bit of a storyline. And then all these new characters, um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in it. (laughs) She, She pops up in Wakanda Forever, and you're like, wow, okay. She's now the uh leader of shield i guess or the cia or whatever they're supposed to
2: be one of the recent ones yeah
0: yeah um she and martin freeman Mm -hmm. um they they're in a different movie (laughs) at one point she's now a head the head of the cia or whatever and he's an agent and they're they're now divorced uh but it is total kind of sitcom thing from them for their one scene. And you're like... This he gets
2: to pull his usual expressions, but he does it in an American accent this time. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, less said about that, the better. Um, Doctor Strange 2, oh my God. This is a headache on film or digital or whatever they put films on now. Um. Probably the best part was the pseudo-deadites mm. at the end with the zombie strange because they look kind of like they were claymation <laughs> or stop motion. They were all computer generated but it felt very Sam Raimi, very,
3: uh, you know. Ar- army of darkness. Army
0: of darkness kind of thing, yeah.
3: yeah. Oh,
1: good.
0: Um, I enjoyed that. There's some very Sam Raimi yeah. shots and and parts and then there's just a bunch of nonsense all around it i cannot care about the multiverse i just cannot care if everything out there is possible why do we care about this world i mean what oh no spider-man got killed you'll just bring two others over from another universe (laughs) spider-man's spider-man's batman so i know that's a different universe but Uh. why it doesn't have to be it's the multiverse we can have batman in the marvel universe why not (laughs) sure everything's possible you know but somehow in this movie we're supposed to believe only one Stephen strange in all the universes is more good than bad
3: Mm. and
0: you don't even really get that you get the hint that maybe he's just not quite as selfish as the others i don't know it Again, we didn't meet all the other universes. There's got to be more out there, you know? Same with America Chavez. She says, oh, I'm the only one in all the multiverses. That can't be possible. Because everything's possible with multiverse. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the whole thing of the multiverse. Multiverse only works if if you know the show and, like, uh, mirror, mirror, you go to the evil universe. Mm-hmm. Or you go to a universe where just enough is different. Um. But to just throw you into that, it just, you know, I don't know. Why would there be a universe of paint? Because everything is possible. Yeah. Uh, I didn't care for it so much, despite some some good Sam Raimi bits.
2: It, it works. In, I'm reading the uh, Elric stories, the Michael Moorcock stories. You know, he, he, was, he started yeah. them and around the same time that Marvel was starting, the early 60s. And so multiverse is, like, popularized by him. Yeah. But the... In that case, there's, like, consequences that carry on through various universes. And the hero, has got he's got different aspects and different universes and times and stuff. Yeah. That, and it all affects each other. It's not like nothing matters. It's like everything matters.
0: Yeah. And I can see them going to that if Kang is obviously the next big villain. Um, if he can affect all the universes. Yeah. There's going to
2: be several Kangs.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. You can't yeah. ever defeat him because there's <laughs> an unlimited number through time and space, and he's always there. He's Doctor Doom sometimes, He's mm-hmm. <laughs> or Doctor Doom is him. I still don't understand that whole bit. And he's an ancient Egyptian, too. Yeah.
1: yeah. I thought he was a Spanish peacock.
0: <laughs> he is. He's that, too. And a Scottish actor. <laughs> Uh, quickly going on, uh, I rewatched
2: Ant-Man 1. Oh, I like the Ant-Man films. I like
0: that movie. You can definitely feel, even though he didn't direct it, but uh, Edgar Wright, uh, his fingerprints are still all over it, and then you see the very clear. I didn't realize, or at least the first time I watched there's a scene between the Falcon and Ant-Man, and uh, when I saw it the first time, you could tell those two actors weren't on the same set. But this time, I don't know if it was watching on 4K TV or what, you could very clearly see that the, that Paul Rudd was standing in front of a green screen. It looked as bad as anything from from the 70s from a B-movie. It was like, so, oh my God, really? They could have just cut out a cardboard backdrop and had him stand there and film it.
1: So it was kind it of like the, uh, the weather on the evening news. yes. There's this
0: big black outline around his legs, so he kind of stands out from the gray wall behind him. It's bizarre. Hmm. Um, I watched The Eternals. or I started it. I could not get into it. (laughs) I just, I read the comics so long ago, and I just had no connection to anybody. And I, yeah, I couldn't go through another origin story. Just can't do it, Marvel. (laughs) I can't start caring about new people. Mm. I don't care if you make a new legacy character that's fine i'm down with that but don't just introduce a whole bunch of new people in one movie i can't can't take it and then i watched one that you recommended a long time ago moonfall oh yes <laughs> wow what a gloriously
2: stupid so
0: stupid movie <laughs> just when you think oh my god why it just gets dumber it just keeps adding piling on <laughs> Like, you think, okay, they don't have to go with the science because, you know, it's a movie. Things look better. There'd be no dust clouds on the moon, but it doesn't look as good. But then there's just, like, they're going out of their way to break physics and everything. <laughs> uh, watch it. It's maybe worth it? I don't know. Oh, it's astonishing. Uh, and then I watched Werewolf by Night. Oh, wait, um, How's that? I enjoyed it. It's fairly standard, though. It's a very predictable story i didn't feel like it was doing anything really different it starts off neat though they have a great title card that looks 1930s through the 50s it's not real clear i'd say the movie they were trying to emulate is from the 50s and i wanted a lot of people in rooms talking and they gave me action at times i didn't like that way too much (laughs) looked like they had some money they had a big cgi man thing who looks way better in in color than black and white. Black and white, he looks weird and very cartoony. It was strange. Um,
2: Is, Is he still called Jack Russell?
0: No, he is called Ted in this. Oh. Um yeah and he, he he's man thing he's he's
2: great i, I mean that the werewolf guy he's, oh yeah. he's uh, jack russell in the comics
0: he is jack i don't know that he mentions the last name oh, okay and he goes it starts off he is at a party for monster hunters uh, because ulysses bloodstone has died and his magic monster killing rock is up for grabs and uh, Man-Thing has been captured, and he's been put in a big maze to be the the monster they have to fight. Uh oh. And Jack's there to break him out because they're family? Friends? It's not really clear.
2: Mm. Um, both Midnight Suns.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of fun. The werewolf looks kind of neat.
2: Mm. Well, that's um, cool.
0: If you like werewolves...
2: Yeah, I, I want to see it.
0: Yeah. Um... And then finally I watched something that the internet broke itself over and went just shit the bed, and went mad. Velma.
2: Oh. Uh, we we these... made about sixty seconds of that.
0: <laughs> Actually it's not bad. I don't think it's terrible, but uh it's I don't know what people are going nuts about. Uh it's about the level of say a South Park or uh, what was that? Danger Brothers. Okay. Um, it's an adult cartoon. It's not as clever as Harley Quinn, which I like a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, feels like they, they really lean into the adult cartoon. Will make this a dirty comic book, basically. This is, eh. I feel like at times they, they, uh, I don't know if they're necessarily holding back but some of the writings it's not as sharp it's not as funny um but it is definitely not worth going nuts for or over i don't know why
1: people can't just dismiss it
0: anyone cares it's not that big i actually kind of like it i think uh it's it's great that velma is smart but oh my god she's a terrible person (laughs) she's so (laughs) egotistical and such a fucking nerd who's who's up her own butt uh about how great she is and nobody else could possibly be as deep and meaningful as she or insightful or anything she has everybody pegged of course she's always wrong because you know nobody's just this one thing um so i don't know uh is it because there's no scooby-doo in it probably probably is it because Shaggy is the exact opposite of what he was in the cartoon and now he's this black guy you think oh TV well, he'll be the cool guy. He is bigger nerd than Velma, not cool at all, very very not into drugs and wants you to know it to the point of being one of those people who just that's their personality instead of being someone who's, you know, a stoner and that's their personality. He is a I'm straight edge kind of guy. Fred is still the rich guy, but he is so pampered. He's ridiculous. And Daphne is the popular girl who used to be best friends with Velma. Um, uh, Velma's mom disappeared uh, one night (laughs) and Velma thinks she drove her off. You know, something happened to mom. No, mom was just sick of the family and got up and left. oh god (laughs) she's like i'm gonna go get you a christmas present and she drove off and and so velma finds that out mom's still missing but it's not under the circumstances she thought you know and so that's the mystery and somebody's killing uh popular girls at the school which you know always makes good for a horror movie Hmm. and uh, i don't know it's all right it's got some funny lines um I kind of like the characters. I don't know why everybody went mad. I expected uh, just something terrible.
1: Yeah, because a lot of people have that you're ruining my childhood moment. You know what? The original Scooby-Doo still exists. I dare you to go back and watch it again. As
0: people say on the other net, and I mean this towards my childhood, fuck them kids. (laughs) (laughs) That kid's gone. It's 45 years down the lane i don't care anymore right you get me to laugh a couple times it's not atrocious it looks good the first joke is a couple of cockroaches having sex oh god and you're like okay that's no worse than anything else but to hear people on the internet talk about it you thought the the thing was just like i don't know nonstop, whatever is gratuitous now um I don't know what people find offensive other than velma and i don't know why is it because velma's an indian i don't know unless i don't get it
1: yeah i haven't i haven't uh set eyes on this at all daphne
0: has two moms maybe and they play just really stupid cops it's too woke I fear that's the thing, and they don't know what that means.
1: Somebody somebody who bitches about that needs to define it for me. I, think, I don't I think, think they know. No.
0: I think the problem here with this show, and then not a problem that I had, but problem I think other people have, is because it is both woke and uh, like South Park, but it's more woke, but it leans on on the kind of right-wingy thought, too.
1: The equal uh, opportunity offensiveness?
0: Yes, and I think people who are, quote, woke, whatever that is. Right. <laughs> um, uh, they are offended by the jokes that are, I guess, kind of traditional jokes. They are more, I don't want to say they're punching down because they never do that. It's never straight up right wing. But they'll have, like, one of the jokes was 420 is code for adults who watch cartoons still.
1: Oh, Okay. Um, it's Poking fun
0: at itself, you know, it's very self aware. The first one of the first jokes is one of the characters saying, Don't you feel like pilots include a lot more gratuitous nudity as they walk into the girls' locker room and everybody's nude? Oh god. You know? Um And then they discuss other things like you don't notice how they go to more places in the pilots than the series. So I don't I don't get the the problem, but I think, you know, it is People, both sides being offended by different things. If it was a little sharper, it'd be better. Yeah, but I've spent the whole show talking about crap I watched.
2: Well, that's good. That makes a good podcast. Does yeah. it? Yeah. Will's <laughs> oh, I left rundown.
0: I left yeah. the best of the the best of the best. Honestly, the best movie I watched this past two weeks or so. I watched Vengeance from twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah, you you had texted me about this, and I watched the trailer, and I wonder, does it play as horror at all?
0: No, that's kind of why I started watching it, because it was sold as you know horror adjacent in some way, and the trailer looked a little maybe. Um, no, yeah. B.J. Novak plays a uh, a podcaster. When you meet him, he is super shallow. And basically narcissistic. He's he's in his own little world. And he goes home drunk one night and he gets a phone call at like three in the morning. And it's some dude crying, he's like, She's dead, Abby's dead, you know, you're you're her boyfriend. I thought you needed to know. The funeral is such and such day. And then he mentions something like she was murdered don't believe what the cops are telling you she was murdered so he thinking he thinks oh this is great this is a great podcast story this will be like serial and he goes to his producer and she's like okay yeah we'll send you to texas you can check it out and he sells her some bullshit story about how he kind of re- he kind of thinks right away that the the guy who called who was the the girl's brother uh is using the excuse of murder to, to overlook the thought that she, she OD'd, okay, and it'll be a, an exploration of that, which the movie kind of is. But he goes to he goes to Texas and he meets the brother, who's very stereotypical Texan, and uh, you think, okay, this is going to be kind of let's poke fun at the rubes, um,
1: but also the fish out of water,
0: but the fish out of water, and it never quite does that i mean he is a fish out of water they have the thing like he he cannot understand why they go to Waterburger, and they all their answer is because it's there and he's like well what if you're on a block and you got burger king mcdonald's something and Waterburger? and they're like Waterburger because it's right there he's like it's as close as any of the others why that because it's right there and <laughs> uh you know uh Anyway, the brother meets him, and the brother's like, we're going to get revenge. We're going to get vengeance for my sister and your girlfriend. He can't even remember this girl. He hooked up with her maybe once or twice. They have a picture of them at a funeral and in a photo booth, and he's got a drink. He's drinking something, and she's got her her head turned, so they don't look like a happy couple at all. And there's little things like that, but ended up being really smart and well-written, not necessarily a believable thing because everybody has a perfect thing to say at some point uh but everybody's a lot smarter than they appear or what you would think you would get from this type of fish out of water uh movie Mm -hmm. um yeah did not turn out to what to be what i expected going into it it was not a suspense it was not like a comedy i mean there are funny parts uh but there's actually something behind this movie, I think. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I I recommend it. It's uh Is it on Shutter? I don't remember. Uh, I think it's on Prime. It's on Prime. That's yeah, because I
1: I was able to watch uh the trailer for it. It was intriguing and looked funny, so I added it to my watch list.
0: Yeah, that's the one I would recommend.
1: Cool. Um so, that
0: college show? Okay. What well, Will
1: Watched? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What Will Watch. <laughs>
2: you watched uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies? Oh,
0: yes, yes. I watched Teen Titans <laughs> Go to the Movies based on your recommendation. Well,
2: uh, that, that bit where they go back to the origins.
0: That was good. I I enjoyed it. It was a kid's cartoon, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, they it's had some, funny. Some good jokes. Yeah. Uh, some jokes that were clearly written for for 10-year-olds, which are good. But... Uh a Lo- jokes songs? written to amuse themselves. Yes, a lot of jokes. Like any good cartoon that was written for kids by adults who are like, parents are going to have to watch this like 20 but times I a day. I couldn't believe
2: how sick some of that stuff was when they go back to your...
0: Yeah, like uh, whatever little Bruce Wayne says something like, can we walk down Crime Alley <laughs> to his dad? <laughs> There's like a safe one and then Crime Alley. Yeah,
2: so... Uh, yeah, uh, you're probably not going to watch it, but they, they, <laughs> uh, they go back to the origin stories of the various superheroes so that they can stop them from becoming superheroes oh, in okay. order for themselves to become the big team on the block. Um, so they go back to Batman's oh. one and they say, no, go down this alley, and it's like nice alley, and everything's like lovely. Yeah. And then when they figure out that that timeline is messed up, they go back again, and they go, no, crime alley. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great was um teen titans that that the character design was all by uh tim something wasn't it
0: no no it's no. not uh, I bruce of? tim okay it's uh it's a different style it's okay. very uh what do they call that style cal state <laughs> okay i believe is the the term for that um adventure time kind of yeah um, okay current cartoon network kind of Big heads, heavy outline Okay. Uh, on the On the outside of the character. Um, very flat, cartoony.
1: Yeah. It you recognize it yeah, when you see I'm, it. I'm sure I will.
0: Because so it's everywhere. Julian, what have you watched? Uh, All right, continuing on, I have <laughs> yeah. 15 more movies Excellent. I watched.
2: <laughs> Go for it. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, well, I watched a um, bunch of winners. Uh, <laughs> Alien Terror, a.k.a. The Incredible Invasion, made in 1968, released in 1971. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. Uh, this is one of the four uh, movies that Boris Karloff made for uh, within, with a Mexican studio. Oh, okay. Where he just stayed in Los Angeles and uh, Jack Hill filmed you know, Boris Karloff messing around in a laboratory uh-huh. or whatever. And then they... Cut him into it's a Mexican film. Um, I've seen
0: some of those, or at least one of those.
2: Yeah. Um, so, uh, this co stars a, a Mexican pop star named uh, Enrique Guzman, uh, a German actor named Christa Linda, a Costa Rican actor named uh, Yerie Berud, who died on Christmas Day 1972. Oh, that must have been a fun one for his family. Yeah. Uh, Karloff is experimenting with radium <coughs> in his laboratory. And shoots a beam through the roof, which catches the attention of an alien in an Art Deco flying saucer, who then appears in a crypt where Jack the Ripper's cousin is picking up a prostitute. That covers like the first five (laughs) minutes. Wow! (laughs) Just pack the
0: story in. Yeah, (laughs) I wish it
2: stayed that nuts for the rest of it, but um, you can't sustain that. Yeah, it does not. Um, uh, The people who own the dark, 1975. This is uh, directed by Leon. Klimowski, who worked with uh, Quinto Molina quite a few times um, I went into this completely blind um, starts out like an espionage political thriller with various people on the move around Europe uh, then uh, they turn up at a familiar looking mansion because I've seen this house in several Spanish horror movies uh, along with a selection of prostitutes for a Sedean orgy so that they they literally say that they're paying tribute to Marquis de Sade. You think, oh, okay, this is turning into a Jess Franco movie. Yeah. Uh, so they're sitting at a table in the cellar uh, when the power goes out. And they figure out that there's been a nuclear strike and everyone outside is blinded. Ah. <sighs>
0: okay. So
2: like, All right. Taking- Where are we going <laughs> now? <laughs> Down that hairpin. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, they, the, so they're in this like, mansion on the top of the hill so they go down into the village the next day the countryside is completely unaffected
0: yeah of course
2: there's like this is like a, a kid's idea of a nuclear catastrophe movie 1975 right so they go down into the village um, to pick up supplies and all the villagers are like uh, milling around in the church and um, uh, so the the uh, the orgy people just pick up uh, load up on the food but then they start uh, messing up and getting too tangled up with the uh, villagers and uh, gunfire breaks out. Uh, one of the villagers happens to be this guy who is already blind. So he he kind of leads them. And uh, so the all the blind people become like the menacing throng who uh, okay. besiege the mansion.
0: Didn't think that was going to go that way. <laughs> you, you
1: didn't see the blind leading yeah, the blind? <laughs> well, that I could, but I
0: thought, you know, it would be more like, oh, it's terrible these poor blind people what do we do with them right all? not they're gonna no. turn into the throng
2: yeah there's, there's no mercy um uh one of the uh one of the survivors is um played by paul nashie himself and he's playing this like horrible man for a change he's usually the sympathetic kind of long chinese junior character mm-hmm. but in this one he's horrible he's really good oh nice i really enjoyed watching him in this um i watched a service deluxe which is the Feature debut of Vincent Price. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 1938. So he was a star on Broadway by this time. Uh, He plays this coddled inventor who comes to New York to sell his tractor. And uh, mistaken identities and romantic triangles ensue. Oh, okay. With Constance Bennett. I didn't find it funny. Mm. Uh, But it is so weird. uh, Vincent Price playing like this this handsome guy from the country that all these New York women are fawning over and... And not um, a creepy dude. No, no, no he's just like this sweet guy who gets mixed up and all this stuff. Um, the Thrill Killers from 1964, Ray Dennis Steckler. Oh,
0: oh my god! Don't know god. this one at all. Ray Dennis Steckler, yeah, oh.
2: director of The Incredibly Strange Creatures who stopped living and became mixed-up zombies.
0: Uh huh.
3: Huh.
2: Watch that one. Wow. Uh,
0: yeah. Or watch. Uh, oh no! I did he do
2: Rat Fink or boo boo. Yes. Uh, so this is another film which starts off in one way and zigs and zags. You've got uh, Joe Saxon, played by Joe Bardo, who is a struggling wannabe actor in Hollywood. Uh, and there's this narration talking about how he's um, living in non-reality because it's following him while he's like wandering up and down, some, um, you know, the the Hollywood stars and
3: oh, okay, uh,
2: walking past ones and stuff like that so he's a struggling actor he's he's blowing his money he hasn't got on parties to chat out producers and so on to the dismay of his wife Liz who's played by Liz Renee who you'll all be familiar with from Blackenstein and Desperate Living oh okay yeah yep. Um, so these, these are the Hollywood parties where people ride a motorbike into the living room and then take flying jump into the swimming pool um, so Joe is living in non-reality Liz leaves him uh, but they are later reunited at Roadside Café, run by Linda, played by Laura Benedict, uh, along with three escaped axe murderers, including Gary, played by Gary Kent. <laughs> and Gary Kent uh, was a stuntman who was the inspiration for the stuntman in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Um, and then in addition to these escaped axe murderers, you have a gun-toting psycho turns up, He's named Mad Dog Click, and he's played by Cash Flag, aka Ray Dennis Steckler. Yes. Um, Linda eventually becomes Miss Transylvania. Um, huh. Yes. Um, I thought it was excellent. I thought uh, this is like definitely one of my favorite Steckler films. Okay. Right um, up there with Incredibly Strange Creatures. You still live in. That's funny. I
0: watched that uh, recently. I don't know, maybe a month ago or so because uh, I hadn't seen it in probably 15 years and I remember it being terrible but kind of fascinating at the same time and yeah, one of those movies like only will this person could make this movie right. I don't know that they needed to but I'm kind of interested
2: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those like low budget maniac films in the like, mid, early to mid 60s uh-huh. which are like ahead of the, their time for yeah. a few years where you have like these these lunatics killing people and um yeah it, 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 was, it was more like of a random violence uh, thing that wouldn't click in hollywood until yeah like the late 60s um the sadist
0: yeah um
2: so uh we've been working our way through the uh, zatoichi series mm mm-hmm. mhm the blind swordsman yes we've watched the first 10 uh all good so far sometimes great really satisfying series uh, and they were making like two or three a year. Uh, great character performance from Shintaro Katsu. He, he's a fantastic character. He's got so many facets and, he's, and uh, he doesn't have to do much and he becomes it's like really... you can go from like this lovable kind of bumbling blind guy and, uh, uh, and the kids love him and stuff like that and then he can, on a dime, he's like this complete badass and... yeah. Uh, quite frightening um, oh, Yeah, those movies are pretty good yeah it's really good like his, the... his brother's in a few of them um, lots of great character actors in this uh, Kenji Misumi does uh, he directs six of these um, yeah really good series and um, last one watched um, Space Monster Wang Magui don't know that one from 1967 very excited about seeing this one um
0: sounds good space yeah, monster
2: this one you saw on the, there was only like one or two pictures in existence as far as oh one of knew. those yeah and like giant monster fans oh, they've got to see this got to see this and uh eventually they found out a few years ago that the uh like a korean film center academy had a print which they'd bring out for shows in korea and then it'd go back into the vault. Yeah. And uh so uh eventually this um American companies uh picked it up and it just came out this month. Oh or, okay. You know, just in January. Um so I've got this blu ray of it and I couldn't believe I had it. I was so excited.
0: Oh man, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. I love the that feeling when you oh my god, I finally
2: Yeah. Um so uh so uh Korea has made, like, a few giant monster movies. They did Yongari, Ape, Flying Monster, which all used American or Japanese cast or technicians, let alone footage. Um, but this is an all-Korean production. Um, horning in the, on the publicity for Yongari. Um, supposedly features a record 157,000 extras. You see that, like, bit of trivia in a lot of reviews. Pff,
0: not not even really close.
2: true. Nah. Um, I imagine the director was presented with a piece of paper saying "space monster Wang Magui," <laughs> and that was the whole was script. The, and he said, oh, "Is that the title?" No, that's the script. <laughs> okay. All right. A uh, flying saucer drops off a creature which stomps around a city, but this is that's just like a few seconds at a time. There's like uh, a wedding planning. There's a comedy duo gambling. There's a homeless boy named Squirrel. There's another comedian who really needs to poop.
3: <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> uh,
2: one of the bits you'll remember from this, apart from the this guy who really needs to poop, uh the the kid, squirrel, cuts his way into Wang Magui's head via his eardrums, just cut cuts his way through with his knife, and then uh takes a pee in inside the monster's skull. As one would. And then escapes by sliding out his nostril.
0: As one would.
2: <laughs> wow. That's pretty by the book. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I was so happy.
0: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. You finally see that thing that you... And especially if it was only one or two pictures.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, You have very little idea of what the monster looked like.
0: It's like, uh, I mean, obviously I've never seen it, but the spider pit from King Kong just has that... That mystique, I can just yeah, imagine. Yeah, it's just, just
2: like a couple of pictures. Yeah, like, oh. you
0: have some grainy photo of something. Oh my God, that's got to be the best movie ever. Yes, and it's been lost. <laughs> you know, when if you saw it, you'd be like, "I'm glad mm-hmm. I saw it," but mm-hmm. it was not what I imagined. Yeah, or, like
1: London uh, After Midnight.
0: Yeah, exactly yeah. that sort of thing.
1: Maybe it sucked.
0: You know, there's a <laughs> there's a lost comedy from uh, pre code uh, called Convention City, Hmm. and supposed to be really risque, Um, and one that really set off the "We need a code" (laughs) people. And uh, it's it's a convention. It takes place at a hotel, and it's a bunch of convention men there with uh, less than reputable ladies. People are having affairs. Mix-ups happen. It sounds funny, and I want to see it. Mm. No, if I ever see it. It won't be any good. It right. It won't be what I've imagined, but I, it's one of those, you're like, it's lost. It was evidently really popular mm-hmm. and fairly raunchy for the time.
2: Yeah. There's quite a few giant monster films I'd like to see that have been lost. Yeah. I'd probably never see them. But, um, no, lost but, film. is Like London After Midnight, you can see there's, like, a recreation where they took stills. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've, I think you probably told me that, but...
2: But uh, basically, if you want to watch London After Midnight, just to watch Mark of the Vampire, imagine Lon Chaney (laughs) in the Lugosi role. Maybe
0: AI could replace him.
2: Yeah, well, that'd be great. And then he will have too many fingers and lots of teeth.
0: Well, yeah, that makes him scarier.
2: (laughs) All right, Richard.
1: Well, for me, I watched um, one of the more recent ones I watched was QT8, the first eight. And this is an American documentary film co-produced and directed by Tara Wood. I'm just reading this off of the, uh, the Wikipedia page, best of which I could tell is true. Um, it chronicles the life of filmmaker Quentin Tarantino from, a uh, little known director, uh, from his started video archives up until the release of once upon a time in Hollywood in 2019. So you get through, um, a lot of, uh, scenes that they show a lot of interviews with the actors, uh, you, you, get kind of the story of what it's like to work with Tarantino, uh, what seemed to be driving him and,
0: uh, frenetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's saying one word.
1: Yeah. Um, but you get, uh, you know, Eli Roth, Zoe Bell, you, uh, Lucy Liu, uh, Kurt Russell, Christoph Waltz, um, just, uh, Tim Roth, Samuel L. Jackson, all the people you would expect to hear from in a in a uh, documentary. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman yes. Really? <laughs> no, uh, I think. Shit. They talk about her. I don't know if, if they interviewed her or not.
0: Probably not. They are.
1: Yeah, because that, I think the whole um, he Harvey Weinstein Almost thing. killed
0: her. No, he shot a shot for a Kill Bill when she was in the car, and she he told her they were like wrapping up shooting. She's like, oh, let's just do the shooting and. She did it herself and she wrecked and fucked up her back. And oh, that's why Uma Thurman and Quentin Tarantino, although I've heard recently they've made up, uh, had a falling out.
1: Oh, I had not and heard that.
0: You can see the, the. He used the footage too in oh, the movie.
1: The accident footage. Uh-huh. You get wow. to see a brief.
0: bit. she was supposed to go around the corner and she just slid right off the road and hit a tree. And that little spider or whatever she was in then. Second half of the film, or second part of the film.
1: This one was available on Tubi, so I would say if if you feel like you know, kind of watching something that covers all of that, you know, and the the parts with the best, yeah, it's sometimes and sometimes (laughs) it's the worst. But um, the other one that I watched, uh, this was originally titled um, "Boys in the Wood," but I think they thought better of naming it that. Uh, It's called "Get Duked." And I saw this this title card for it on I want to say it was on uh, um, must have been Prime.
0: Just say Tubi.
1: Yeah, it was on Prime or Tubi or one of the ones that I watch. But this is a um, it's a twenty nineteen British comedy, black comedy, uh, written and directed by Ninian Doff. Uh, this is uh, his feature directorial debut. Um, the the big name in this one is Eddie Izzard who oh. who kind of plays uh, the uh, the villain um, Eddie has since uh, identified as female but is playing a male character in this movie which Eddie's an actor as well as a comedian so you know no matter how you're identifying you can do both this uh this one is really fun it it without having any zombies and it gives me Shaun of the Dead vibes um it's three problem students, Dean Duncan and DJ Beatroot. They're taken to the Scottish Highlands by a teacher, Mr. Carlisle, to oh, that try was to their achieve... their first problem,
0: <laughs> going to the Scottish Highlands.
1: Well, it's supposed to be one of those outbound kind of nature hike things to get the um, Duke of Edinburgh Award. Yeah.
2: And it's yeah. basically, if you can... serve You have to go to Scotland and fight werewolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: well, in this case, it's... Um, I want to say um, uh, boomers are the villain <laughs> because it seems like they're the right age, so but uh, they're being hunted
0: like werewolves
1: and they're dumb as hell. These uh, there's one kid that seems like he's not as dumb as the others. Um, they they pair up the three problem kids with this other kid who's actually pretty sharp. But uh, I don't know if he wants something to do or if he, you know, but he's not there because he's in trouble. And they're being hunted. It's crazy. DJ Beatroot is a moron. Well, three of them are morons, but he's wearing a completely bright white uh, hip-hop kind of outfit. And uh, he doesn't realize they're going to be in the mud and everything. And so he's ill-equipped in the first place, not dressed for it. And he's so funny because of how dumb he is and how you expect him to not be talented at all. But when he finally... uh, is a sort of just dis- his, his audience <laughs> discovers him a bunch of sheep herders or, or sheep farmers, and he performs for them. And this is a little bit of a spoiler to say that, but uh, he's actually pretty good. His, uh, his demo that he gives everybody on disc is called Cocktails T A L E S. And he doesn't realize DJ Beetroot sounds like he's a Beetroot. He thinks it has some hip hop meaning to it, but
2: oh, okay, just
1: sounds like a dumb name of a, it's a vegetable of a vegetable. Yeah. So this one is really funny. I was surprised by it. I was, I was ready for it to suck and turn it off, but, um, we watched it all the way through and laughed a lot. All right. So, uh, that, and the, the other, you know, we, we watched some TV. We watched the last of us, the first, uh, three episodes. And, uh, Total different take on zombie apocalypse because it's a fungus, not a virus. Among us, it's it's among everybody. Uh, how
0: does that make it different?
1: It, um, well, they explain it because it, it, it there creates a network because of how fun, oh, I see. how fungi are connected and everything. Uh, it's it's so it it gives you some different stuff to think about while you're waiting for your uh, main characters to get hunted and or killed.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Or maybe survive. Uh, don't want to say too much about it. So if if you have uh, um, HBO Max, you can watch it. I think it's really good. Um, we don't have AMC+, Plus, but we were able to watch the first three episodes of Mayfair Witches. I read those Anne Rice books back in the day, and they were just... It ran really deep. The story went... <laughs> like You'd get a half inch thick part of the book that was the backstory of, of some pe- people. Then you were kind of jolted back into like, Oh yeah, that's right. We were on another story.
0: Mm.
1: Kind of like what this podcast is about to do. Um,
0: <laughs> Always does. But
1: uh, this, this is done pretty well, but did I did th- Anne
0: Rice have ADHD. Maybe
1: she maybe did.
0: And just, she just forgot while she was writing. She got
1: just distracted. On
0: a tangent. Yeah.
1: Uh, this is somebody well...
0: came down and read it and was like,
1: but what about the oh the people from the start of the book? Oh, the people from the present. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, shit. <laughs> you
0: might have the same editor as Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> right? oh, fuck! There's no editor on Stephen King books.
1: But this is, you know, if you if you've read the books or you're familiar with her work, uh, this is really enjoyable and it's well made. It looks great. It's well cast.
2: The actors and
1: that. Yeah, it's a great oh, cast.
2: I can never remember a name.
1: Alexandra uh-huh. um, D'Addario.
2: Yes. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. she plays I the main character, is. Rowan.
1: Um, this is great. This, I, I really, I really like it. Um, except, and this is the only complaint I have is the, the demon spirit or whatever it is. It really
0: has to poop. <laughs> <laughs> and the story just keeps going and going.
1: He's just sweating bullets. <laughs> he can't find a bathroom. Um, but the, but this demon spirit kind of takes a long time to show up. He's hinted at and hinted at and talked about in the books. And then finally, when, when he sort of makes himself seen barely, it's pretty far along in the story as I remember. But then again, it's been a long time since I've read the books. They kind of just put that, that character who turns out to be Lasher, they put him out in front of you pretty early in the series and that's Okay. I'm not going to complain about it because they have to tell you a story on television versus in a a, a book that's, I don't know...
0: A thousand pages.
1: <laughs> it was hundreds and hundreds of pages. I don't remember. And
0: went on and on about the wallpaper and you're thinking like, talk about the vampires, <laughs> bitch! Yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't didn't don't... come here for wallpaper.
1: I don't care if it's gilded. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I also watched... Um, about an hour of in search of darkness part three. This is the thing that's on shutter. That's like, Oh, you think, Oh, that's great. I'm just watching this thing. And I'm watching this thing. You don't look at the runtime on it. And it's like three and a half, four hours long, the first two installments. And this is part three, which
0: is only 20 minutes
2: long. That- they should have paced it better. It's <laughs> that thing about eighties.
1: Yeah. Horror? Yeah. Eighties horror and a lot of interviews, a lot of, uh, clips. It's great. Um, i can't add much i can't add much to uh, my description of it you could just watch the trailer or read the description of so it
2: if if someone was familiar with 80s horror movies would it be worth watching would yes much
1: yes you would you would learn some behind the scenes stuff or some production stuff or get some points of view from actors producers directors um or fans of the stuff you know like Corey taylor from slipknot gets interviewed and it's like he's a lifelong horror fan and he knows a lot about it um but you learn
0: get... things like the michael myers mask was a, <laughs> a bill shatner mask and they just painted it white <laughs> details like that that you'll get nowhere else really
1: that, well you, you did
0: steven spielberg crawled into the jaws which they called bruce and broke it yep yep you never hear that anywhere else
1: no, you do get um, John Carpenter, Robert England, Adrian Barbeau, you know, people, D. Wallace, Tom Savini, you know, people you do want to hear from, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not all the same stuff, um, but it, it's, it's good. It, I, I'm only an hour into it. They could still ruin it because it's got about four hours to go, <laughs> but if you have a, a rainy day or a snowy day and you just want to watch some horror stuff and don't feel like You know, finding out whether a movie sucks or getting up and, you know, you could just stay on the couch and watch this. That's all I got for now. Um, Oh, and by the way, Kevin Can Fuck Himself is two seasons, apparently eight episodes per season for a total of 16 episodes. Sounds about right. Yeah, everything's eight episodes. Thanks, England.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They only get six episodes. You're very welcome, cousin.
1: (laughs)
0: It is, it's worth it. I think eight episodes that are, Really good is much better than you know, 22 that you've got filler, lots of filler.
1: Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to add Moonfall to my list.
0: Oh, dear god, or maybe yes.
1: <laughs> so, the menu now that we're an hour and 17 minutes the into what? the podcast, I've forgotten everything I knew about the menu. Um, um so uh, it's
0: probably the darkest comedy I've seen in a while. It's a dark comedy. Oh yeah, Hitchcock would like this one. Yeah, this was good. This was sick and uh, <laughs> dark, and it had the best ending um, you could want. When they made, well, I won't. Should I spoil it? Well, why not? We'll we, we wait. We, for we do it.
2: spoil the movie then. Uh, yeah. We we'll
0: now. wait till we get to to that part. But
1: but we but we have this terrific cast. Uh, the premise kind of is revealed to you pretty quickly. They're, they're going to this Island
0: for an exclusive dinner. Yeah. Uh, it's $1,200 a head or something. Yeah. With a, with a, you know, executive chef who's super popular. Right. And, uh, super well known.
1: Yeah. And everything should be impeccable. And these are insufferable quote unquote foodies. Yes. Or, and or critics. And or, uh, perhaps call girls, uh, escorts <laughs> one anyway. So that, um, who watched this first? Which one of you I watched think it
0: first?
2: Well, this is my choice. And yeah. I he watched it, it and then you watched
0: it last and time. Then I watched it.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, so Jolien, did you rewatch it since? No. Uh, so what were your what were your thoughts on your initial viewing
2: uh i admired the editing very much Mm-hmm. yeah it's brilliant um but yeah it's a really good script it's like um i think the writers work for the onion and late night shows
1: oh okay yeah one of the producers i saw was um adam mckay
0: oh okay
2: yeah
1: worked with snl a bunch and um uh, uh, Will Farrell was one of the producers on this. So there were...
2: Oh, there's lots of comedians in this. Yeah. In the cast yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: How long did it take you to
0: recognize Judith Light?
1: Judith Light, which one From
0: Who's the... the Boss.
1: Oh, um, yeah, that...
0: Uh, it took me quite a while. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It it was most of the movie before I was like, why do I know this woman? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm yeah samantha
2: (laughs) yeah i really like this car as i mentioned like last time um i uh, ray fines is really good yeah but i kept imagining what vincent price would do oh yes
1: (laughs) that's a good point
2: uh yeah I mean, he'd really make it, he'd, he'd probably put the camp campiness over the top, but I, assume, I remember him as a, in, like, especially Theatre of Blood, where at one point he's, um, he's doing the uh, Titus Andronicus killing, because uh-huh. he's killing, uh, Theatre of Blood is great, it, he's, he's like taking revenge on theatre critics, so it's got that similarity, mm-hmm. and he's knocking them off according to the murders in Shakespeare plays. Oh, okay. So at one point he's doing Titus Andronicus, but he's dressed as this modern-day chef, complete with a, like the puffy hat, a, a puffy hat, and and uh, you know in in the, in the play, uh, one of the characters gets served his own children, and uh, that's kind of kind of what happens in the movie. But <laughs> it's 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 kind of it's still really ghastly, but it's funny. It's a great movie. It's it, it's him and Diana Rigg knocking off all these these critics oh, nice. and, and all the critics are played by like, well-known British actors and
1: the reason I know the uh the thing you didn't want to just say is because uh there was somebody we worked with at the art supply store who was like hey do you know the Vincent Price movie where he feeds such and such to such and such uh-huh. and I was like I don't know that one let me go get Jolien because they didn't know that <laughs> you would know and I knew you would know <laughs> okay. and you immediately had oh the I answer. love that movie
2: have you seen it <laughs> no oh f- Gotta see it. Yeah. We'll okay. Have to Very watch good. That. Yeah, I'll bring that next time. Cool. Really, so, really funny.
1: So the the cast was immediately impressive. Um, yeah. In the editing, so were you waiting for it to just go awry? Did, were you actually believing it was going to be this good?
2: Um, it seemed to be pretty in control of itself. It was setting up various things. There's various uh, clues to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody
0: stopped and info dumped. <laughs> you know,
2: I'm a 27
0: year old rich guy who admires chefs.
2: Yeah. You know, or anything. It doesn't quite spell it out.
0: No, no, no. But, it leaves uh, enough.
1: It unfolds it naturally like a movie should do.
2: Yeah. And there's like references to mythology and uh, so on. It's like, oh, OK, OK. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was really smart and interesting and well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I felt anxious throughout, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was funny, but I felt anxious the whole way through. Uh, one thing uh reminded me of I've only had one bad experience at a restaurant from like snobbery.
1: Oh, okay,
2: and it reminded me of that. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I wanted to get over that.
1: Who, who was the snobbery coming from?
2: Uh, this was a uh, I was taken to this restaurant in Chicago and it was a a Rick Bayless restaurant and there was three of us and they sat down at this tiny table and they gave us these enormous wine glasses with not much wine in. And then the so the staff was hovering and then uh, I was gesticulating, telling a story, knocked over a glass. Oh no. You no, know, we'd we'd been there like five minutes. And I thought, oh, so really embarrassed, so that was bad enough, yeah, but then uh the the woman who I like brought us there said, oh, could we get another glass?" and you said, uh no, I think Sirs so had enough
1: oh, wow, you'd literally been there five minutes, yeah,
2: I barely touched it uh, so yeah right here with you, yeah, so yeah.
1: You, so you've got these uh these uh, um nightstands from ikea for tables
2: yeah there's these wobbly little metal
1: and these cartoonishly tables. large wine glasses <laughs> yeah and then they act like you're drunk yeah it's like no the person who designed the shit show is drunk <laughs> and rick yeah. Bayless.
2: and you did you don't say that in, in a restaurant no like when i worked at a restaurant you know in the, in the kitchen staff and people are outrageously drunk oh you, yeah you don't say oh, you're too drunk to have you know, yeah if they were driving you Do something
1: Yeah Uh, And Rick Bayless Plays himself off As just being so Down to
2: earth Yeah he wasn't there
1: No but I mean Would he be the person who spawned this ridiculous restaurant that seems strange to me because like when you'd see him on those pbs shows he's just like oh you know we're gonna make this really neat thing from scratch and it's just really you know it's mm-hmm. like this yeah and it's like he doesn't play it like will
2: no
0: he's not at all yeah no it's just the staff until you learn horrible. about his secret island <laughs> <laughs> and yes his plan to murder people <laughs>
1: including himself
0: well, well it, yeah that's,
2: that's that's the other thing that made me anxious is because it 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 plays into that whole cult mentality so it reminded me of cults yes and uh you know on like uh, you'd hear stories about uh, I, was, I was a kid at the time but the uh Jim Jim Jones Jim Jones yes yes
1: oh yeah man
2: horrible things uh like killed over 900 people yeah with what drink uh, flavor was, Aid. It, it was yes. we,
1: yeah, it was Weiler's Flavor Aid. It was not Kool Aid. So people quit saying <laughs> drinking the Kool Aid. Say drinking the Flavor Aid.
2: They did have crates of Kool Aid, but it was not Kool Kool Aid yeah. that they used it to, to put the. Um, was it Strychnine? Strychnine, Yeah, yeah. That's a crazy story. Yeah, and it is so. It's like a, this representative went down. Yes. With a team. And a To, to inspect it, was... and then on their way back, they get killed to the airport. They got killed yeah. by yeah jones's gunman
0: um and you read about uh jim jones and he just he's a strange character yeah like even from like he was destined to be a cult leader he was kind of that as a kid and he got really into religion and and uh strangely though he became virulently anti-racist yes and so you're like what okay because his parents were evidently horrible racist and he yeah found that as a way to rebel yes yeah, so m- most of these victims were black black yeah
2: like two-thirds
0: of them yeah ter- just bizarre um yeah i listened to a podcast that was about jim jones and it was just from his childhood on and it was uh yeah it was it was a good podcast but
2: Scary thing with cults, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you get a tyrant who is the word of God and an isolated community under him, yeah, it never comes out well, no, to my knowledge. But I do love on The Office
0: the guy Reed, uh, Creed that was his name. He's an old guy on the show on the American version who has some line that's like, oh, I was in a lot of cults, both as a follower and a leader. <laughs> You have more fun as a follower, but you make more money as a leader.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's great. Now, talking about the cast, um, Anya Taylor-Joy, I don't, I can't say I've seen everything she's done, but I can say everything of hers I've seen has been great. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen her in a bad thing yet. And for anyone who doesn't know, The Witch was her debut, and... uh, I mean, since then, I've I've seen, I don't know, half a dozen of the movies that she's been in and she's been in real quick looking at it over a dozen Uh, upcoming is Super Mario Brothers, the movie, (laughs) which I hope the check is big and fat.
0: (laughs) I believe that's animated or not live action anyway yeah because they, they
1: oh okay it's it does say she's doing the voice of princess yeah. peach that's good to know because
0: they they were on the internet uh six months ago a year ago or something everybody was talking about how uh chris pine chris i don't remember one of the chrises one of the chrises the one who plays star lord uh that guy oh, okay uh they were like oh he's he's playing mario and you're like <laughs>
1: what it doesn't make sense okay
0: that's i don't know but then then they said oh he's voicing it i was like well that still doesn't make sense but uh whatever
2: did you see snl this weekend no i have not watched <laughs> yeah, snl in a million years <laughs> you had the fella from uh, uh, the last the, the last of us of us on there Oh, okay and says, so and then hbo is doing another uh, dark drama based on a video game and it turned out to be super mario kart
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was great
2: oh that sounds good I'll you've, look it up
1: you've got to watch that it is so funny um clearly we
0: all really like the menu because we've said almost nothing
2: about yes. it yes all right then um uh so it's inspired by the uh one the writers went to this place called the uh, Cornelius Jomath restaurant in Bergen which is off uh, on of the peninsulas and um and uh to get to this restaurant you have to go by boat and then okay. this writer realized that once they're on this island the chef's in charge and you don't leave until you've finished or until he considers have finished and his like his mind just went along that those yeah. lines
1: that makes sense you're stuck there but you are a captive audience <laughs> there
2: are several uh, restaurants based on islands which have suffered this sort of uh, you know not this extreme but there's like um uh, it was a famous case the the willows Inn off of Washington where, um, you know, you had this tyrant running it and there's all manner of abuse going on there.
1: Oh, uh, wow. That's really too bad. Um, did the characters, although this was a, a dark comedy, did they all ring pretty true for you guys?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were, uh,
1: Nobody was too, like, cartoonish or two-dimensional or anything. They were
2: cartoons,
0: but... They they... were cartoons, but they were believable enough. Right.
1: They they walked the line, didn't they? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think that's what you have to do with a movie like this. If you make them too real, you end up feeling bad for them. (laughs) If you make them too cartoony, the situation gets out of hand, and there's no fear there or threat anymore. Right, right.
2: Yeah, you can't but identify. If you walk with that him. line,
0: you're like, "Oh, this guy is an asshole. I want to see him die." But he's interesting in his own right. He's yes. got some actions that you know are logical. He's he's not too over the top. Yeah. I really like
2: John Leguizamo's yeah. character in this. Apparently, he based it off of Steven Seagal, <laughs> having <laughs> really? worked with him on Executive Decision <sighs> and having a <had> bad experience <laughs> with him.
0: Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: Yeah, he's so
0: good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When, when I first saw his face, I went, "Well, wait a minute. You know, you, you know him from all these movies. Why did they put him in this? But then as soon as you see what he's doing with the character, I, I was like, no, no, he's, he is a good actor. Oh, you know, he, I don't have any problem with it, but you, you identify him as a certain type of character from so many movies he's done. But this, wow. Uh, we have to mention that they, they, they talk about each course with a, what do you call it? Not a title card, but, uh, they superimpose a title card the on the caption. It's like a caption, but it's, it's very present on the, on the yes. uh, screen. And, uh, it tells you what the course is going to be. Uh huh. And each of the courses kind of, uh, insights or reveals something about the diners to you. Yeah. And, uh, at first it's like, Oh, what are they doing here? And, uh, oh god what was the first chorus i'm trying to remember what the amuse bouche (laughs) yes um which one was it where they got
2: was it was that like nori with those little yellow balls was that the first one yeah i think so yeah
1: yeah it was it was weird uh It was a lot of that tiny food and tall food.
2: Yeah, non-existent food. Yeah, foam. We've broken
0: it down to its basic elements. Yeah, we've given you a cup of flour and a cup of (laughs) uh, salt (laughs) and a glass of water, and you can just have them as separate (laughs) items.
1: Deconstructed. (laughs) Yes,
0: very deconstructed
1: eating. But the when they when they got to the um, the tortillas, where they had images.
2: Yeah, (laughs) laser printed -printed. tortillas.
1: That, and, and it was all it was all stuff that uh was scandalous
2: yeah uh-huh. all sins they'd done
1: yeah i thought that was really clever and that was like the oh shit moment for a bunch of the characters
2: that was... yeah i
0: mean oh i don't know as an audience i felt oh shit before that but that was definitely i don't know up the weirdness level like Whoa, how did they get these images? Where are they getting these, Mm you know, these uh, scandalous stories?
1: Yeah, um, they're the... um...
0: Oh, and and before he serves the tacos, he has a great story about Taco Tuesday where he stabbed his father in the leg with scissors (laughs) and it's super dark.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) And, uh, And
0: everybody's just like,
1: yeah, his his mon- his monologues get more unsettling each time he comes out.
0: Yeah, he has his mom there and you think, Oh, it's his mom, he he still cares for her, but he's like, She's drunk right now, like she always is.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't worry about her, she's smashed.
2: Yeah. Uh yeah, I saw um an IMDB, someone had broken down the various tables. There's like twelve people as like the last supper. But the the tables correspond to the seven deadly sins. <laughs>
0: oh, do they? No kidding. Well,
2: according to this person, person right? it, it they works, saw it. It is. works pretty well. Yeah, it's like um, uh, greed. Uh, you've got the uh, the embezzlers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gluttony. You've got Tyler, who's who will die for food. Lust. You've got Richard, who tre- cheated on his wife. Yeah. Uh, envy is George, the actor. Um, okay. Who's like name dropping? Uh, pride. You got um, Lillian and Ted. Um, the um, the critics, I think. Oh, okay, um, yes. Sloth, you got Julian's mother, who's like sitting in the corner with a bottle, <laughs> who did nothing to stop her husband's abuse, and you've got Wrath, which is the uh, Julian and his team. Oh, okay. Wow. So it works pretty well. It works, yeah. Um, so there's like um, uh, two of the things I wondered watching this was. Um, is it inverse snobbery about pretentious art or is it just a uh, criticism of inauthentic art and people um, using art just as sort of a social commodity? It's like, yeah. Uh, they, they don't care about the food. It's like, oh, I eat uh, here. I know this chef.
1: Yeah, it's all very
2: transactional. It's, status. it's all Because yeah. we, we come from an arts background because we sold brushes to people who did art. Yes. Back in the day. Um so yeah, and that happens in every yeah. uh form of art, you know, films and
1: well every um every gallery opening, every museum visit, there's always somebody delivering a bunch of art speak who probably can't draw or paint. You know, but they'll stand there and they'll talk chapter and verse about yeah. all of this stuff. But I can
0: look at art and I can learn about art. I don't have to draw or paint. I don't have to play an instrument to criticize. You know, yes. Nickelback,
1: <laughs> <laughs> who they have let out of ban jail.
0: <laughs> did they? They did. I've heard them on the radio. Well, I thought they were executed.
1: No, they they were just in ban jail. Oh no, nope, they didn't give them. That's
0: the... a travesty of trust justice right there.
1: But no, I, that's true. Just because. Yeah, you don't have to be a chef to be able to go in and know everything about food, but to be so insufferable about it. It's it's because
0: uh, the art speak is not, not because the art speak and they can't do anything, but because they don't have any real appreciation for this. Mm. We're using art here or the food. It is simply, I got to see this art. I'm better than everybody. Yeah. Right. You know. And I understand I know the it. artist. And clearly, because I'm better than everybody, I understand it on a deeper level than anyone else
2: possibly yeah. could. I, I can afford what you can't. That, yeah. I can make or break someone. Mm-hmm. I have power. <laughs> yeah, it's like nothing to do with the... the with the thing. The pleasure of the, the... Yeah. ...created thing.
0: There's nothing there that's like, you know, this really moves me to to feel something. Mm-hmm. It's just another thing, another object to use to to use. Yeah. You know, with no no appreciation there. So uh that's why uh uh Margot's little twist at the end works because yes. she's like she appeals to that that bit that still loves food that's in there that Hasn't been killed in, in Authent- the chef.
1: Authentic appreciation is what she has, and she has no pretense about it.
2: Exactly, well, and she's also she's also in that trap of um, commodity. That right, mm-hmm. Julian's in.
1: She's being commodified. And she's an escort. Right, that makes sense. Um, yeah, the 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 chef uh, is ready to die because. Uh, all of these people who he's going to kill before he himself dying are the ones who caused him to not love his art, love, yeah. love his, his, um, his meaning in life anymore. It's all gone. His passion is gone and it's because of them. And he hates all of them. He has,
2: and he hates himself. as well.
1: And he hates himself too. Yeah. Um, uh, and all of this is building up to something very like ominous, and funny at the same time, until is it the fourth chorus where the sous chef comes out
2: or talks himself?
1: Yeah. yeah. What the hell?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Brian's mask or something? I don't know, or somebody's mask? Yeah, mess. something like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh god. I
0: I loved how they put like big. They look like big sprigs of rosemary and whatnot on the cloth he killed himself <laughs> on.
1: Oh yeah,
0: that was. Uh... And then they had a course that was Man's Folly, which all the women got to go in and eat something, and the men were chased through the woods by the staff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, man, this whole movie is just like, this is so dark. It's perfect.
1: You're, wa- you're watching people being hunted.
0: It's just everything. Every little detail is like, oh, this is just, oh, it's just, it's just really dark, but at the same time, funny. It's just yeah, perfect black comedy there.
1: Yeah. And I was surprised to find out that, uh, that, uh, the character with the escort was told that everyone was going to be killed at this dinner. Yes. Mm hmm. Is he the only one that knew?
0: Yeah. It sounds like
2: okay. it. Yeah.
1: And she's really pissed off that he invited her anyway. Yep. Like with no regard for her life. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Uh-uh. uh uh Cuz she's another commodity.
1: Right. Um she gets sent by oh what's what's the character's name who's the woman who's running the show?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: what do you even call that that position in a restaurant? Wouldn't that be the maitre d'? Front of house? She's she yeah, she functions like the maitre d', but I don't know but there's something there's some other dimension Manager? Yeah, something but but she's obviously uh not uh head waiter <laughs> yeah i guess so uh played by uh hung chao anyway yeah
2: amazing
1: yeah so she's um she's supposed to uh is it is she the one that sends uh our character who turns out to margo turns out to be aaron to go get the barrel for dessert or is this no, chef, the chef no the chef
0: sends her because and makes uh whatever her name is there think that she forgot it but she knows she didn't forget that barrel right so she's been accused of of not serving the chef to the high standard oh that he okay expects, yeah that's what it was you know
1: yeah so she's sent to the smokehouse mm-hmm. and uh somewhere on this somewhere on this journey is when she sees the picture mm. of the chef she goes to the chef's house because, oh that's right she sneaks into his house yeah.
0: I, I I imagine the chef knew, yeah. and that's why he sent her, because he knew she would
1: look snoop. around,
0: snoop, and you that's know, what it was.
1: Yeah, I watched this over a week ago. I
0: don't think he could. I think he he kind of used her as as he knew he'd keep her alive. I think to sort of tell of this in a way, because. Yeah. He's an artist and you can't, he still has that ego. He can't let this magnificent last meal, uh, go, you know, untold, untold. And, you know, she's in the service industry too, as he says.
1: Right. Yeah. He does end up pulling her aside and talking to her a couple of times. And and then when he sends her on this little journey, yeah, that is exactly what it was. She's going to snoop. He knows it. she's smart enough to try and figure a way out of this. Yeah. And he knows it. Yeah. But then she sees the real him in that photograph of him with the, with the burger joint. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which has all been sort of quote unquote elevated. Now there's so many places where.
0: Oh, the thing that gets me is things that used to be cheap throwaway food. Right. And I don't mean junk food. I mean things like oxtail and. And chicken wings are now outrageously for, you know, an outrageous fortune. Uh, you know, oxtail was just garbage. They threw it away. Slaves ate it because they could, have, that was something they had. And uh, now it's like $17 for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, other things like that are like, it just, it's become trendy, you know, in some way. Like how kale came back.
1: Ooh. It's like, it's like eating uh, one of those uh, green scrub pads from the kitchen.
0: Only it tastes worse. you <laughs> fry it up, right, it's dry. It's nice yeah, crispy. if you fry it, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. I don't actually mind kale, but I brought it up because it was something that I definitely never had as a child. No. It no. wasn't available anymore, and then, you know, somebody brought it back. Some
1: jerk brought it Cause back. Because
0: I'm sure some person in the 60s said this stuff's awful i'm not eating it we're gonna put it in the bowl at the bottom to you know for you know
1: to boost up the stuff you do want to yeah, eat yeah exactly yeah it
0: looks pretty but we don't want to eat it
1: yeah you lay out the ice yeah. you put the kale on top of that you put the bowl on top of that uh uh-huh. you put the things you're gonna eat inside that bowl
0: yeah it's- yeah there was a guy at the museum who was a security guard and he was like i didn't know you could eat that because he had worked at restaurants he's like that's just greenery you throw away it just holds the ice you, you don't eat that and he saw somebody eat like a piece of it one day and he was like oh my god <laughs> it's like if you tore off a chunk of placemat and ate it <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so uh yeah this, the um so the 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 Margot storyline uh were you guys surprised by that uh well where it was going
0: yeah, I mean, at first you think maybe they're, they're uh, a couple in there early early in the relationship, maybe. Right. And then you're like, no, they don't know each other. And then you find out, oh, she's a replacement.
2: Yes. Uh, he had to bring a plus one.
0: Yeah. And he left his girlfriend behind because he knew, I took it as, because he knew oh, okay. she was going to die. And so he brought this girl who was...
2: I thought he just broke up and so he needed a replacement. I didn't think That's he, was, what he s- was that concerned for someone else.
0: Probably not. But uh uh anyway, he uh yeah, he's brought her along. It's just but how, how
2: about his uh, the, the the scene where uh, they they call him on his vast knowledge of uh. food.
0: That's great because he yeah, he's a great chef and and he's just like, Oh, that's a chopping technique we've not seen before.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I <laughs>
0: he can't do anything in the kitchen. And he makes like raw undercooked lamb chops and, and leeks. leeks and garlic and butter sauce or something. Totally inedible. And then the chef tells him something and he
1: hangs himself. He goes and hangs himself. That was so weird. Um so uh the the, uh, the part where you think okay uh Margo's Margo's going to get the rescue all sorted out she finds the radio calls the coast guard the guy shows up mm-hmm. Did you yeah. did you expect what was going to happen next
2: no. No.
0: no I figured he was a confederate
2: You <laughs> Yeah there's a certain point where you know you realize but I I was surprised when he...
0: When he showed up, yeah. I figured the radio wouldn't work or something, you know. Um, I also thought they were going to be cannibals when we started this. Right. But I'm so glad they didn't go that route. Oh, yeah.
1: Very early on, and I'm glad you mentioned that, very early on, I'm like, okay, when's the cannibalism coming in? And it never did.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm so glad.
1: But yeah, the the Coast Guard guy uh, was revealed to be a line cook.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, just in disguise. So he just went and put the uniform on and came in and <laughs> played along. Eh, that was good. Um, yeah, and
0: you learn something's up with Margo when you see her shoes.
1: Oh, yeah. What
0: was going on with that? She was wearing Doc Martens with a dress. And yeah. so she didn't fit the she clearly was not well to do like the rest of the people. And that's when you're like, oh, she's of a lower class than than the rest of these people. And
1: yeah, the the big idea for the finale on this which she get, Margo gets out of it because um
0: she asked for a cheeseburger. Yeah. She tells him that he hasn't served any food all night. She's still fucking hungry. Yeah. He's failed as a as a chef. Yeah,
1: yeah because he's he, he says that the volume and the caloric uh qualities of all the all the food is is perfect for what
0: for that person.
1: For that person and and should be by the end of the dinner you should be satisfied. And she's like, No. I, no. I'm calling yeah. you on this. Yeah. Yeah. So as a chef, he's required to um, satisfy her, and she says, in a way, want, "Yeah, yeah, and I want a cheeseburger." And he
0: appeals; to, she appeals to his that one bit that's still in there that still loves cooking food for people, hmm. and it only, only, you know.
2: Or she saw that photo of him, she saw the photo
0: with the hamburger. The cheeseburger, so, yeah, yeah. She when appealed to that smiley, that nostalgia back
1: when he looked happy.
0: He's yeah, when romantic. he was nineteen, and he was has he not been happy since at some point he stopped being happy
1: do you think it happened early on
0: no he wouldn't have lasted that long
1: well, well it, maybe it becomes a career uh, path and you don't really think as much about the passion for it as the competition and the money I don't know that's just a I thought I guess
0: and then at some point it turns to hate disdain disdain I'd say that was stronger than disdain. That was outright hatred. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> Everything and everybody. He's got
2: contempt for the people who love him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know. But do they really love him or his right, food? Right. No, they don't. No. He's yeah, just it's another. All, it's all,
2: everyone there has like got an empty life apart from
3: mm-hmm.
0: Aaron. Yeah. You know, the the old guy who gets a finger chopped off, he can't even remember what any of the meals were. Right. And you know, and he spent twelve hundred dollars. He had an affair
2: with her, where she had to calling her daddy or
0: something. No, she had to sit and make eye contact with him while he jerked off, and she told him that he was good and and the best, and basically boost his ego. Oh, okay. Which
2: she said was the weird part. <laughs> 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 I thought there was something about her pretending to be his daughter.
1: There was
0: something oh yeah, there may be something there. It was unsavory, yeah, it was to say the least. <laughs> yeah, and that he was, she's like, you know, it was unoriginal that he just wanted me to look him in the eyes while he jerked off. Like, yeah. But the weird part was he wanted me to praise him mm-hmm. as a good, you know, a good boy or whatever, which I don't think's that weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he had uh, the employees stab him in the leg with the scissors.
0: Yes, the the chef has him. Yeah, yeah, that
1: was crazy, <laughs> but not as crazy to, to get back to, you know, we, we, we talked about most of what had happened. Um, the, the dessert course s'mores. Yeah. Did you see that coming?
0: No. And it was beautiful. Wow. <laughs> and how he describes s'mores as being the worst thing in the whole universe <laughs> till you put
2: fire to them. <laughs> it, was <laughs> it, was, it was food invented by kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, they covered the floor with crushed graham crackers, gave the guests stoles made of marshmallows and hats made of chocolate. Yep, and set the place on fire. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. opened all the all the valves on the stove, mm-hmm. uh, all the burners. Yeah, and blew the blew the place up.
1: Yeah. Well
0: Aaron finished her cheeseburger and watched the place burn.
1: Yeah. Do you think she was gonna go tell anybody? Do you think she needs all that trouble with the cops?
2: I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't bother.
1: Detectives. It's
2: probably a foreign jurisdiction, you know. So do you think that cheeseburger was made from the meat which was one day too old? Ooh. That's a good question.
1: Maybe it was.
0: Because
2: I never get back to that.
1: No. No. Ah. I mean, worst case scenario, she'd get a little sick from it.
0: No, they said it'd kill you. Yeah, it paralyzes you.
1: Oh, no, I don't remember they that. They were
0: like, this meat is aged 325 days, and somebody jokes, what happens if you eat it on the 326th day? And they all laugh, and then the, the maitre d' or whatever goes no it would kill you or something <laughs> it would infect your blood and you'd be paralyzed and then you know, awful things would happen it's so mm. all your organs liquefy and run
2: out your butt or something <laughs>
1: now, yeah okay and then I they'd
2: f- be turned to fireman yeah. yes and then you're found a conch and <laughs> yeah right <laughs> with kale
1: yeah
0: and the, and some gel i forgot all about that plot gel. point
1: but what I don't know. Would he have done that to her?
2: That would be, that'd be mean. I'm really? glad they didn't go with that. Glad I don't like, know. At least they didn't show it. They didn't show it, but you it's a fun thing to think.
0: It. <laughs> I like that. Because yeah. it, it, it gives you that really dark ending there. That Yeah, if you want to have it in that way, you can. Yeah, everybody. Everybody gets killed.
2: Um, the other thing I thought, uh, earlier in the year, we had Nope, which is also about consumption. It's also about people giving over their actual lives to other people's perceptions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wonder why we're getting this as the pandemic restrictions ease up. In- yeah. Instead of a straightforward pandemic narrative, I wondered if it was something to do with um, social media and people having to live their lives on, online by force um, they you know they're they're entirely given over all you know about a person is perception through social media
0: maybe yeah
2: and the desire to be a a celebrity or even a micro celebrity yeah or be an influencer
0: an influencer Uh.
2: not not actually doing anything but
0: you're famous because you're famous yeah yeah, in uh Vengeance One of the Girls and in, in Texas one of the the dead girl's sisters is like, I'm going to be a famous celebrity. <laughs> and he's like, for what? For being famous. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's pretty on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. There is some there is something being said about consumption and, and we are yet to find out why it's being said. <laughs> Um, or to, or to what end? Uh, and there's probably going to be more of this,
0: but yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting that that's coming out of the the pandemic, whereas you'd think, you know, thank God zombie movies are played out because otherwise (laughs) that would be hot right now.
1: Mm. I am so glad that it's not pandemic this and or pandemic that
0: perhaps we should thank the pandemic for killing zombie movies well,
2: because maybe nobody wants that. Well, I guess the uh, zombie movies are now zombie streaming.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Yeah. The, the, um, the last of us is the only new thing. I think that people are, as far as being zombie, like that uh, people are enjoying and, and uh, taking to and making successful I think otherwise everyone knows better than to do that right now. It's like, we don't want viruses. We don't want masks. We don't want, you know, plagues, pandemics. We don't want any of it. We, we want none of it.
0: We want crazy chefs <laughs> who hate everybody, <laughs> yes.
1: including themselves.
0: Wow. Well, you always included that with the everybody. That's yeah. what starts it. Yeah. I don't think you can hate everybody if you don't hate yourself a little bit.
1: Yeah. To be fair um very surprising movie for me, yeah, yeah, like there were so many times where you you kinda of, you, you a movie would normally do this, normally do that, and this did something else completely, and that was so cool,
0: yeah, 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 and the the a decent amount of mystery there going on, like what is going on, but yeah dropping yeah. little clues.
1: Yeah, it's revealed probably by the halfway mark.
0: Yeah, maybe at some a point, a little, uh, little earlier, maybe Nicholas Holt says something about "we're all going to die tonight." Yeah, <laughs> and that kind of sets it off. Yeah, whatever his character's name was, Tony from Skins. So what was throw the, that out there?
1: What was the uh, what was the fail mechanism? Because those guys were like, "We could rush him. We could we could uh, take him out." It it was,
0: it was, there was no real, I mean, I guess the kitchen staff could chase you down and beat you. Well,
1: they all have cleavers and knives, I guess. You know,
0: Mm -hmm. but he even, the chef says at the end, like, you could have left at some point. There's more of you than, than me. (laughs) You know, we couldn't have stopped all of you. But nobody left because they want that status and they. They paid for this experience, I guess. Yeah,
2: and they're not going to work with each other.
0: No, and they're not going to work with each other.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, it was spelled out then, wasn't it? It's like you could have you you could have gotten out of this, but you just didn't.
0: You just didn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they didn't work together when they when they were sent to be hunted. No. They each just ran their own way. Yes.
0: Yeah. Which I suppose is man's folly.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Um, yeah. yeah, I think
0: I'm gonna watch this one again. Oh yeah, I think this is a, a good rewatch.
1: Yeah, there, there's probably going to be some more things revealed to us when we watch it a second time. Oh,
0: definitely.
1: Yeah, there's going to be some things that now that you know where the movie goes, things you could pick up on.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Should we do the recommends?
3: Okay. Yes. All
0: right. Julian. Yes. will uh
1: yeah yeah me too i don't think we after praising
0: tasty meal
1: yeah after praising it for the last hour i don't think we have to say that we do recommend it um probably watch it twice uh real quick the budget for this was 30 million and i'm gonna guess a lot of that had to do with uh actors salaries and uh special effects it made 79.3 million at the box office and i don't know what the numbers will be for streaming but this is you know on track to easily have made three times the initial investment mm-hmm. so that's good to see 106 minutes didn't feel like a long movie though no so yeah anything else uh, before we call it a show
0: i don't think so
3: all right um listeners thank you for listening Stay off the moors.